You're listening to the Just Jazz and Co podcast, the show where you hear the how, why, and what of ambitious careers with me, Just Jazz, and many guests. I'm a multi-passionate, wildly ambitious lover of tea and R&B. I'm also on a mission to guide more high achievers to the careers and lives they deeply desire through coaching. Yep, you heard me. Desire. No shame or secrets about it. Here, we boldly embrace ambition by owning, being, and doing more in our careers. And in each episode, we break down the barriers to creating something that will make you and everyone you know step back in awe while keeping it simple. So what are you waiting for? Let's dive into the episode. Woo! Let's go. Welcome, folks, to this week's episode of the Just Jazz and Co podcast, where today I have Laura Mulhern. Did I pronounce your name right? Yes, you did. Perfectly, actually. Well done. It's <laughs> nothing like starting it off and it's just like, this chick just named me something yeah. completely different. That's not what my mum <laughs> said my name was. Nah. Um, <laughs> but Amazing. needless to say, excited to have you here. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Of course. I am Laura Mulhern and I do things. <laughs> this this actually, fair enough, like this is the bit that's always the hardest thing, I think, for people in, uh, especially the creative industry, but as freelancers as well, being able to say who you are and what you do. Mm. Um, so for me, I'm basically, um, I specialize in marketing and PR. That's my background. Um, but I've been in the creative industry for like nearly two decades um, and I work a lot with brands and, you know, uh, larger organizations, mostly publicly funded organizations on um, mm-hmm. strategy and brand narrative and building communications and engagement with audiences. Um, but in that time, I've always worked with amazing creatives to help me build campaigns. And through that, I noticed so much that. Uh, the freelancers I'd work with were brilliant at what they did, you know, on on a creative basis, Mm. but always found the business side of things quite tricky or at least navigating it quite tricky if they're a startup or even, you know, a freelancer individual. So uh, in 2019, I set up Plan Make Do, which is essentially a creative platform for creative freelancers to help them help themselves navigate that process in a much easier way. Um, so they get they can get themselves more work, they can build their profile, they can network more effectively. Um, and I do that for the majority of my time now. That's what I do. Plan Make Do has really sort of grown over that time. So I'm far more of a consultant now with my original business. And I love Plan Make Do because I get to work with individuals and agencies and small businesses on a daily basis to help them grow essentially so mm. yeah it's great fun I love it so that's what's and I, bas- I basically talk for a living jazz and here I am <laughs> talking to you just talking some great. more that's what we were saying okay. um yeah before we hit board <laughs> this is it it's just how you get old natter that's what I feel like this podcast always is yeah. for me um yeah. which is great to hear and it just sounds like there's so much creativity in your journey to this point was it I guess, was your path to what you do now always clear? Did you start out, you know, are you one of those people who are just like, yeah. I was going to be a vet? <laughs> Not <laughs> like, at all. Like, 
No way. Like my brother and the comparison to this, my brother at 14 years of age knew exactly what he wanted to be, where he wanted to live, what he wanted to do with his whole life. I had it all mapped out in his brain. Me, I was still struggling figuring that out at 30, maybe 35. I'm now 40. Mm. Um, Mm. When I first started out, I did everything from playing the violin professionally to working in television, to working in theatre, to jumping ship entirely into the retail space where I was a business analyst for like nearly six years. And that's really where I cut my business acumen teeth, as it were. Um, But I miss the creative side because I'm very much a creative soul. Um, So I started my own business in 2008, um, and that was very much geared towards working with artists, almost like on an agency level and curating exhibitions and building um, opportunities for artists to produce new work. Um, But then I realized I was really good at storytelling and narrative and strategy, and that's where then that Mm. original business from which is story it's called story um and that yeah that really is something I stuck with for a long time but even within that I've been evolving you know it's never it's actually not the same business as when I first started out at all so I work a lot more with like urban planning realms or public consultations with big you know city councils or you know conglomerates or whatever it looks like you know I never thought I would do that at all I never under, mm. never really um saw that journey for myself and it's still evolving like I don't know where I might be when I'm 60 either like I've for instance I've always loved film so mm. I might end up being a film director cool. one day if I, if I fancy it you know it's kind of like I think when I hit 30 I realized it's actually okay to have a portfolio career and it's okay mm. to evolve and you know feed those passions while you're going through it um because otherwise you just end up unhappy when that's pointless really (laughs) it's so true and even hearing you say that (laughs) even hearing you say that has been so interesting because a previous guest mary agbasanwa one of the biggest things that she was sharing is that life is long like it's longer than you think it can be so easy to get into this trap of thinking i need to figure it out now but it's like yeah i'm Okay, I'm in the UK. I'm going to be working into my 50s slash 60s, depending on how well the biz goes, folks. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's a long time. I'm not, you know, I'm just right. just over halfway through that, you know, time yeah. continuum, you know. And again, yeah. there's a lot of people who find careers that they don't want to let go. They do it right up until the end. Um, so Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Exactly. And like I was talking to, like through all the work I do with Plan Make Do, the majority of it is one-to-one mentoring, essentially. Mm. And I was talking to an amazing creative yesterday. She's brilliant. Um, She's still in the process of of seeing that brilliance in herself, which we all suffer Mm. from. Um, But she, you know, she was saying, yeah, I'm sort of panicking slightly because I feel like I'm running out of time. And, you know, that that running out of time thing was like that fear of like, I need to prove myself somehow or like create something that's like world breaking, like amazingness, you know, um, before I hit a certain age. And Mm. it's it's so tiring that like, right, like how do you how do you keep up with that? 
because there's all this stuff yeah. about 30 under 30 list and 40 under 40 list. And it just drives that fear and that panic of like, oh my God, you know, I need to produce something or do something for the sake of a list or for the sake of accolades and stuff when it should be just do, living to do what you want for yourself, you know, and making mm. an impact for you and others around you and stuff like that. But, but the pressure is real. It's horrible, isn't it? Like yeah. you just feel like, Oh my God, but, but there, but there's, you have time. There's so much time, like you said. Yeah. Right. It's so huge. And I think that's something that I definitely want to dig in with you because I know you're not, not that I feel like anybody should be ashamed about their age, but you're just like, I'm 40. Yeah. Like it's factual. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. And um, I'm in like my mid thirties and I know, and I never felt this way about turning 30, but a lot of people around me did where it was just like at 30, I, I thought I would be this and then be that. And I'm just like, right. 30s, like right. I'm celebrating getting older. Let's do this thing. Let's bring on the next yeah. decade. Let's like, yeah. For me, anytime I think of 30, 40, 50, 60, I think of the women that I've encountered that just give less of a shit as their like life <laughs> progresses. And, and I, I, I love that for me. Like, I'm just like, I want to yeah. be like you. Um, yeah. What has that been like for you? I guess, right? You hit 40. Was there any sort of angst around like, am I where I wanted to be? And Mm-hmm. what's next and what didn't I do or I don't know like any of that sort of stuff did any of that come up for you I mean the anxiety of all of that came in my 30s more than it did when mm-hmm. I turned 40 like I only turned 40 last month so it's still relatively yeah. new um, I feel like I should say happy birthday that just feels like yesterday okay oh, <laughs> um, I'm gonna celebrate it all year just make a big deal about it of um, course but yeah yeah why not um I mean I think I I struggled a lot when my when I hit my 30s because I felt I I think I was surrounded by I was in an environment that probably wasn't um didn't suit me you know it wasn't a healthy environment because a lot of people who I was surrounded by were not on the same journey as me or didn't want Mm. the same things in life as me right so everyone was like by the time I'm 30 I will have settled down I will have a house a marriage and children and that's a that's a signature of success in their mm. world which whilst i wanted all of those things and some and some of them i still want to get to yeah. um it wasn't a marker for success for me and and i felt stifled and but then the fear you know fell into play because it was like oh my god if everybody else is doing this and this is what their this is what their reality is I should, shouldn't I want this too? Like, why, why am I not, why don't I have it yet? And why don't I want to find it, you know, more than, uh, because for me, the success was doing exciting things in my career, meeting really cool people, trying to experience the world. So I love travel. And that Mm. was more an, an important thing to me. But I did panic. I was like, oh, my God, I have failed. I haven't achieved what everybody else around me has achieved. Therefore, I am not worthy or, I, you know, haven't succeeded in life yet, you know. And it's a horrible feeling. Mm. It's a very lonely feeling. Um, but when I grew, like I grew, I kind of grew up and away from that and uh, positioned myself in a more healthy environment that suited me better and um, realized Speaking to people 
in another place they're like oh my god I've got so much to do I'm still so young I remember a friend yeah. saying to me and she's like 45 and I remember yeah. thinking oh my god if you even heard those other friends I used to hang out with like you're you're practically on the shelf in their world you know? yeah so a lot of it's to do with people and environment and and, and but then the secondary thing is actually knowing what you want what is success um and leaning into that and being okay with what that is uh so when you actually get to the point of 40 you're like yeah hell yeah i'm 40 i've reached level 40 i've done so much really cool <laughs> i love it level 40 right and i'm like i've you know i've beaten all the badass fears that i hated in my 20s and 30s and now i'm free you know i feel mm. more free than i've ever felt uh, and I feel younger than I've ever felt mm. as well. It's a weird feeling. I wish more people told us that, that youth is a feeling. It's not yeah, like a bracket, that's a good point. like a number thing. Yeah. Like youth is a feeling. Yeah. And I get it. Like I read a book called, uh, was it Brand Splaining? And it just spoke about all the different ways mm. that the marketing industry has like informed our definitions of a lot of this stuff, like what's old and who's old. And it's like that part of it gets missed. It does. And I don't think it's talked about mm. enough that, I mean, there is a pushback nowadays, uh, thankfully, a lot more, especially with older women pushing back, saying, actually, I'm very capable. I don't need to be mm. put on the shelf in the work environment because I've hit 50 or mm. that suddenly I'm not, um, you know, you, they, they crave youth over experience, especially in the digital yeah. era. I just assume that we're all wanting the next newest, shiniest thing when there is a pushback, thankfully, on actually I'm like 40, I'm 50, I'm 60, and I I know shit. <laughs> I know yeah. lots of shit. Use it, you know, like yeah. lead into my experience and stuff. So I like I would love to see something like the 50 over over 50 list. Mm. You know, like that's yeah, like yeah. It's just a different way of thinking, and I don't think we're utilizing that enough. I think you know. Yeah, um, no, I definitely think so as well. And like coming from a background in tech, where that very much is the case, I remember sitting in a one to one with a manager and him telling me to be like my male, way younger counterpart, who this was his first job out of uni, but he just so happened to be a team lead. And going, you know, why don't you be more like him? And I'm sitting in my chair going, this is my third job since graduating. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, first full-time role. And I say this as somebody who worked all the way through university in senior management positions of hired, fired, led, da 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 So I have a weird amount of experience for what was then, like, my early, Amazing. early 20s. And I just Amazing. sat and I thought, you live in a different planet because this dude takes me for coffees to pick my brain on how to lead his team. So it makes me so angry, actually, because like, what what did that manager see in him that he didn't see in you? What what was the mm. you need to be more like him comment about? Did he specify on that? Yeah, it was more about um, it was a challenge that we had with a customer because I was in a customer facing role there. Um, 
and I was just saying to him, look, I just need you to hop on a call. Cause at this point he's, this guy is not listening to me and we're just, mm-hmm. we're just at loggerheads and you want me to close the account and get them to renew. Whereas I can't move past points X, Y, and Z. I just need you to get on the call as the boss who can make certain decisions. Da, 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 da. And he was basically saying, you can handle it. You should be able to handle it because Tom handles it. And I'm just like, Tom may handle some stuff, but Tom doesn't handle this. Oh, I now have to edit out his name. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Oh, name is shame. What the hell? So good. I know. I know. It's so um, frustrating. No, it was literally that. And I think at that stage, you know, I can be honest, at that stage in my career, I wasn't confident enough to advocate for myself enough to go, what the hell? Like, mm. yes. I, I believe in learning from my team and my peers and we've all got different experiences and things that we bring to the table, but he doesn't know everything just because he's right. your favorite right now. And he does have some right. qualities. Um, and I think that's one thing that I found really interesting as, as I continued in my work as a career coach and my own career journey as an extrovert, seeing how much extroverted, loud, I talk to think people like myself really do get centered um or faults of a certain age or who show up a certain way and it's like actually it's the person who takes time before they talk who you should listen to it's the person who's been at the company for 12 years it's the person who came Mm. from this industry that you thought was great when you hired them but you've kind of put them on the shelf just because they aren't the shiny they aren't the you know they aren't going to put on the the bunny suit and like go to the exhibition like you know like they're they're different and whether that difference is their um like age experience background culture like whatever it is there's that difference that means that it's like oh we don't really know how to compute and again i'm saying this in the context of a tech tech and digital sphere right it's it's the shiny loud one that we promote it's the shiny loud one that gets to be team lead or leads the projects or leads the presentation but like okay the Mm. person who's a little bit more thoughtful a little bit more introverted they did the detail for the entire projects right yeah. the shiny person yeah. came up with the idea came with the evidence they brought the data they brought the research they're the person who spoke with the cfo like they brought something Completely. to the table that otherwise wouldn't have like put it through so yeah for sure and that that, that quiet power with introverts mm. um i i'm absolutely an introvert i i can go and speak to uh, uh, 500 people in an auditorium no problem or throw me in a room and I will chat to anyone, but I'll usually need a week to recover. (laughs) Um, I just can't handle it. Like I just, I have to, and I, I'm not really good with small talk. Like when I played the violin, for example, um, I much preferred being on stage than I did Mm. being in the center of the party, just chatting about the weather or somebody's new boyfriend that (laughs) is red flags everywhere. You know, like I just couldn't really deal with it. Um, and, but that mix of people in a team is so important. Like you said, like uh, for me, I'm very much like I will sit and wait and listen and observe mm. and then make an Im- impact. Uh, you know, that's just my preference. That's just the way I work and operate. Um, and I, I heard a great podcast. I forget who it was, but they were saying about communicating that way you work with your clients. It's actually really mm. a, a great thing to do because 
you know, not all, not all clients would not, or, you know, you might not know how to work with a client and vice, especially if they're new and you're building that relationship with them. It's sort of like bringing that to the table saying, well, I, this is how I operate or this is how I work or, you know, and it just, it just brings a better life in for you, you know, especially when you're a freelancer, you know, but yeah, there's a great book called Quiet by Susan Cain. Have you read that? I have not, but we will. I think you'd love it. I'll go have a look. Yeah, it's really good. And for any of your listeners, yeah, definitely go read it. I loved it. And it's just like, it's for everyone. It's for extroverts and introverts, but just to understand, Mm. you know, that the big, shiny, loud thing and people and whatever has a space but it's it shouldn't be our leaders all the time either yeah this episode is brought to you by just jazz private coaching the six month one-to-one experience for high achievers to carve their unique careers free from burnout overwhelm and underwhelm With challenging and curious conversations, we get knee deep in all the things getting in the way of you having a hell yeah career instead of a career that feels meh. If this sounds great to you, book a call today at justjazz.co forward slash coaching, where we will map out the what and how of working together. It's so interesting because I think that for me, it showed up a lot when I was doing a lot of work around... um, equity and diversity and inclusion and just seeing right. ways that I could show up as an ally for my colleagues who yes. processed differently and communicated differently right. and it and it yeah. became so 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 powerful because I've seen one too many exemplars of the loud shiny person being allowed to do whatever they want to do and it's just really and you know it's like why didn't this person speak up and it's like mm, because every time they do they get cut off Yes. Like, you know, completely text textbook things where you're just like, really? It's like, no, yeah, really. Um, yeah. So, yeah, when we invite everyone to the meeting, at least let everyone speak, shall we? Thank you. Completely. Exactly. <laughs> or at least have the and room again, we can, to let them feel comfortable to speak as well. Yeah, you know? 100%. Making them feel comfortable to speak. And I know we've got so many, there's so much data and stats around how that shows up in terms of gender, but also, you know, we're talking about in terms yeah. of communication styles and preferences and what makes us feel safe to contribute and things like that. Because I think yeah. that all makes... Um, a huge difference and seeing that in the world of work has been really interesting but also you know I remember going to an event at um the Albright um and somebody talking about it from the perspective of being a business owner and going out there and and pitching and uh one of them actually disclosed that she hired a man just to be a man in her business no way that's really Mm -hmm. interesting because what because it had more traction like people felt that just because she had yeah they would leverage. take the meeting they would accept the proposal they would do they would accept the numbers she Holy hired the shit. man to be a man and she was honest with the man about like the whole situation and obviously his mind was blown because he was like oh. it's a bit wild that you need me but whoa holy shit yeah yeah and then That's she rocks up terrifying. and does the project and delivers right I and see. this is like in recent history. This isn't the last eight years. Oh my god! Do you think we've moved on? Do you think we're getting there, or do where do you do you think we're? Because some days I think, yeah, we're mm. really making you know strides for 
you know, diversity and inclusion, equality or equity, whatever that might look like. Mm. But other days I'm like, what is this 1952? <laughs> like what, well, how are we still here? What the, you know? Yeah. I think we are making progress because I think there's there's way more awareness and I don't want it to sound like a trope where it's just like awareness because awareness <laughs> without actions is pretty, you know, pointless. I'm sure we watch the same shows. We are aware of the same fun facts in life. Yes. Do we do the fun facts? Right. Um, but I do think we are progressing. I think there's an element of certain industries and sectors doing better than others. And I think there is a space for... Like I, I'm not a proponent of cancel culture, but I am a proponent Mm -hmm. of if you're a company, especially if you're a publicly traded one, I want to know, like Mm -hmm. it's in the public's interest for me to know if your Mm -hmm. HR policies are real or not. If you handled layoffs well, if you have an equitable parental leave policy, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I'm going to hold you to a standard there. And I think that's a space where I'm seeing a lot of companies do things differently and whether they are smaller companies, but they're starting to create those game changing cultures and environments that folks go, yeah, I know they pay me more over there, but over here I get to be a human. Yes, completely. And I think it's the little nuggets. It's the little things like that, that will start to see things change. Like at the moment while we're recording, not literally while we're recording, but at the time of recording, I'm looking for my next full-time role. And it's so interesting. Like I've read stuff like parental leave from day one, like that you qualify into from day one. I've Mm -hmm. also seen the things like work from anywhere. So it's not just remote, it's work from anywhere. We're set up for that. We are all working from anywhere as long as you've got an internet connection. I'm also seeing things that are like two days in the office but with detail on what that looks like and why we like to come into the office. Like Mm -hmm. I've seen so many different nuggets of folks, different cultures and stuff in their parts of their package, because it is part of the package, because it's part of the consideration when you decide who you work for, that weren't there five years ago, that weren't there 10 years ago, right? Um, Eight years ago, I got my first job in tech. I had unlimited annual leave. Told my relatives that they were like, what is that? How does one administer that? I was just like, the same way they do your... (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And I was just like, yeah, I've got a colleague who went to travel around Asia for three weeks. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. And that wasn't the whole of their annual leave. Like, they, it was truly unlimited. Like, they set up their handovers. Nobody had a problem covering because it was like, do you? Like, (laughs) because when I'm ready to take my trip for three weeks, you're going to be there. Like, it... It's like a completely different thing. And I guess these things, they can feel like bubble gum, but these start to become the spaces where we get to choose with our feet. We get to choose, just like we choose with how we spend our money. And I think that's something we've overlooked for a long time, right? Even in terms of, let's look at veganism, for instance. I'm not vegan. However, comma, dairy is not my friend. She hasn't been my friend for a little while. Do you know what I mean? But just in general, like when you look at the amount of places, like I can go out for a meal that's completely vegan and not feel funny about Mm. it or go out with a vegan friend and then not reduce to having a tomato salad. Yes, completely. The choice is definitely there far more than it was. And the same with like, you know, you mentioned there about job applications and what's great about the younger generation, actually, especially, I mean, you know, the, the, Gen Z 
lot mainly is that they won't apply. I read somewhere that they won't apply for roles unless there is complete salary transparency, um, or at least the salary is listed on the role, which is brilliant because that was the same push that we did as millennials to stop applying for unpaid internships. And now they're the only people that, you know, get, you know, they all they offer is paid internships now. Or, or And if there is unpaid, it's very few and far between, thankfully. So there's there's movement and it does take the confidence and the challenge of the younger generation, usually to push that forward, to change the behaviors. Um, it's brilliant to see. It's great. You know, and I, you know, I'm all for that for sure. Um, let's just hope it keeps going in that direction you know yeah and we just need it faster <laughs> like we always need it faster like of course, just like, okay. of course. <sighs> why are we not in utopia yet you know <laughs> yeah it's exactly that it is exactly that talk to me a little bit i guess around the work that you do right because you're you work with creatives you i dare say you are creative it sounds like I feel like you are. Um, I think I am. What does that look like, I guess, in terms of showing up, right? Because um, the work that you do helps others in their careers. I'm not trying to call you a career coach here, but it does. You said you help folks grow. Very much like And that. what have been yeah. some of the biggest things that you've seen in that work? In this, in the impact I have on them, do you mean? Or mm. what I do in that? Oh, Yeah. I should probably clarify that. <laughs> what are some of, I guess, what are some of the, I'm going to rewind. So you are creative. You work with creatives. As you mentioned, you help them grow. You help them grow themselves, their brands, overcome some of the biz hurdles and things like that. And I guess we've been talking about some of the different ways, the ways of the world of work is changing and some of the things that we've both come across throughout our careers. What are, mm. I guess, some of the peculiarities that you see when you're working with creatives and I guess the soapboxes that you're like this doesn't make sense this needs to change I see yeah I mean there's no surprise that I get for this, the, the same issues keep turning up again and again when I talk with creatives um, so you could probably put them down into a handful of things really that is a recurring issue with them usually it's to do with time feel it the fear of not having time or that I need to do stuff within a certain time scale like we discussed already the other thing is you know that hustle culture of I should be working all of the time or every single creative output that I have should be monetized in some respect which is um uh, usually the first sign of when somebody's leading to burnout if they try and monetize everything that they do because where's the room for experiments for the soul food for the the time just to be you as a person um which is why i did i decided to step down from being a professional violinist because the joy i felt was not the money i got from it it's from playing the bloody thing um and I, I, I write short stories in my spare time because I need I need release. You know, like I think it might be an Irish thing, but we're 
sort of born storytellers. We always need to tell somebody a wee story about something. Um, but uh, <laughs> I decided not to inflict that on people directly, but just to write them for myself. Um, and I enjoy that for the sheer process of it, you know. Um, not about actually turning it into a product that then should be sold. And again, I think we're in that culture that, you know, I think whilst it's amazing to see so many entrepreneurial spirit being born from the likes of Instagram and TikTok, which is fantastic. And, and in this space where there is a cost of living crisis and we should be thinking creatively on how to, you know, make life easier for ourselves. At the same time, we need to find that balance of, well, yeah, but you also need to live and find joy and be happy and to breathe. Mm-hmm. Like I did a talk uh, last in the, at the weekend just there. And it was all about how to book consistent work, you know, as a freelancer, which yeah. is really hard to do because we're always in that space of peak and trough, you know, or feast mm-hmm. and famine. Um but, you know, booking in consistent work doesn't actually mean work, 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 work. It's not consistency isn't 24-7. Consistency is like, oh, please. I want to recreate my full-time job and, yes. you know, even do the exactly. weekends. That's the consistency exactly. I want. Are you sure? Are you sure? There's a reason you went freelance, you know, like, well, where's the joy in this, you know? So I think that's what I try and um pull out or tease out from people like keep coming back to the why like why why are you doing this why do we draw why do we animate why do we illustrate why do we write or play um and it's it's not actually about the money it never is about the money it's important to have money and you need to learn to value yourself and be paid for you know the work that you produce but being a creative soul is separate to that and you need to nurture that bit because that actually that's your instrument that's your tool that produces whatever product you do and if you're not looking after that uh, without sounding too like you know cheesy here um you do need to feed that bit of you um uh, to play is what i mean you need to learn to play more so that's that's the kind of that's the bit, though, that I'm not sitting here like Mrs. Guru and I've got it sorted because, believe me, I don't. <laughs> um, and, you know, I still get imposter syndrome. I still experience peaks and troughs of work. I still wonder what's next. You know, I still come to crossroads. Um, and I'm still learning to play without having to this fear of, oh, shit, I better make some money, 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 money. Um but I'm trying to encourage it more in myself and I just try and, you know, push that message out to everybody else as well. Like it's, it's so important in this, in this day and age, truly, because we've forgotten it, I think, you know, so. Yeah. I hope that's answered your question. I don't know. I rambled a bit there. <laughs> no, it definitely answered the question. It brings me on to my next, which is what is your career teaching you right now? I think it's to, Actually, what we talked on already is that introversion within me realizing its strength. Um, I I do my best work when I'm quiet. Um, I do my de- the depth of the work 
is usually, and especially working with clients directly, if I shut up, I shut the hell up for once, <laughs> let them speak. They tell you all, all the problems. They tell every, they tell you everything that they need. So you don't actually, you never need to pitch to them. All you have to do is listen to what their issues are. And then you can say, well, I can help you with that issue because I do this. <laughs> so the scary pitch thing is gone um, for that fact. Um, but yeah, I think it's just celebrating the weird bits about me. I think it's it's taken a long time to get there, if I'm honest. And it's only in this past year that I've really learned what my skills are truly uh, and leading into them. Because I spent all of my 20s and 30s like, oh, who am I? What do I do? I need to get good at something. Uh, oh, I've got to niche down into something. Who am I? Blah. Uh, and I think I've finally figured it out. I think I have. Uh, of who I am, I mean. And then and then uh, using that, using those skills, as weird as they are sometimes. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what it's teaching me at the moment. <laughs> I'm hearing like a change. sense of contentment really it's just like I am yeah, meant to be that, exactly yeah that's it finally this has been amazing where can folks connect with you and your work follow subscribe all that good fun stuff of course um, uh, I just come and chat with me on planmakedo.com um, I'm on Instagram at planmakedo I send out a monthly newsletter of basically things but of the vibe that we talked about today of how to manage your career um, or cool, cool bits that I come across or cool collabs or, you know, freebies and things like that. So um, I have started TikTok, but I'm terrified of it, if I'm really honest. So cool. it's there, but I don't know if I'm Me even going to stay on it. <laughs> I haven't posted really it noisy. <laughs> yeah when I opened the app I was like this can't be wait but I didn't move anything and my friend was like no it just moves to different videos for you I was just like okay yeah it's like a life of its own yeah oh it's terrifying maybe one day but yeah for now I'm just like oh I'm an elder millennial this is too much for me I know tell me about it I know but yeah. yeah We've got we've got Instagram and emails. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, emails are my I friend. mean, I'd love if somebody came and had a chat for sure. But it's been a, such yeah. a pleasure to talk to you as well, Jazz. I'd love to, yeah. you know, stay in touch and chat again for sure. It's been fun. Definitely, it's been amazing, and we definitely will. Don't forget to reach out with any gems you took away. My DMs and inbox are always open and waiting to hear. And if you liked this episode, you should probably join the crew. So sign up to the Monday Memo to get weekly messages that put you back at the center of your ambitious career. With passion-filled musings created to educate and inspire, you'll have everything you need to fuel your ambitious career this year. Go to justjazz.co forward slash join and I'll see you there. Thank you.